It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Let's get into the film takeaways from the Bengals' dominant defensive performance and another great game from T. Higgins and Joe Burrow against the Tennessee Titans. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Today, we're joined by Mike at Bengals underscore Sands on Twitter, Santagata, to get into some of the film takeaways from the Bengals' Week 12 victory over the Tennessee Titans, getting them squarely into the playoff conversation, squarely into the best teams in the AFC conversation with opponents that are also in that conversation coming up in the next few weeks for the Bengals. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So if you're new, hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button, and join the First Listen Club, which I'm sure features many, many of our many, many Cincinnati Bengals fans that listen to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. And guys, let's get into some of these film takeaways, the first of which, where we're going to start today, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins. we got to start with Tyron Johnson. Straight week, you're right. What you know? We what? I, I, no, I, I, I'm I'm doing a bit here, James. You you, you thought I was? Be- yeah, we got to start with the, these minor moves the Bengals made because they're very the, very impactful yes. to the rest of the season. Wide receiver baby, Tyron Johnson and Zoom, Owen Zoom. Carney Jr. added to the Bengals roster. Owen Carney Jr. playing on the defensive line for the Miami Dolphins in the preseason, playing a little bit all over the place, but. More interestingly, and more notably perhaps in terms of his NFL accomplishments, certainly Tyron Johnson, who had 20 catches for the Los Angeles Chargers in 2020 for 398 yards and three touchdowns. 19 and pop. 19.9 yards per catch, as James points out, joins the Cincinnati Bengals practice squad, presumably to backfill after the Bengals wave Mike Thomas, call up Trenton Irwin, and then have an empty spot on the practice squad for a wide receiver. That player will be Tyron Johnson. Owen Carney will be taking the place of the departed Khalid Kareem on the Bengals practice squad. Those are the moves, James. Anything else to add before we get to yeah. Tyron Bill Burrow? I, I, I love it. I love adding a little speed on the depth chart, even if it is on the practice squad. Practice squad filled up now. Owen Carney, let's be honest. Ain't nobody heard of Owen Carney unless you're an Illinois fan. We'll see how he goes. But Tyron Johnson, speed. We know how much I like speed in wide receivers. Happy that they added a little speed. Second fastest player uh, on that offense outside of, yeah, I think that's fair to say, outside of Jamar Chase. So it's uh, exciting that they added him. Yeah, we'll see if he can get on the field. If he does, that probably means something bad has happened, to be honest. But Yeah, I hope I only see him in practice. I just, I'm, I'm happy he's here. Yeah, it provides an element that we've been talking about with the wide receiver unit all year, especially in the absence of Jamar Chase, just that that speed element. But 
it is fair to point out to temper expectations because it's great that they've added speed and hopefully he can carve out a role in Cincinnati in a wide receiver room that is strong and with a quarterback that has gotten the most out of the wide receivers he's played with, I think, in Joe Burrow, if he does get onto the field, hasn't been able to stick with the team so much, played with the Raiders this year, played with the Texans this year, and the Raiders and the Jaguars last year. So since 2020, when he was pretty good, has bounced around a little bit, now finds himself on the Bengals practice squad. Uh, as for receivers that will play for the Cincinnati Bengals, especially in the near future, T. Higgins, again, put together a fantastic day and we've talked about this a little bit prior to Mike joining us to talk about what he saw from T. Higgins. Had a great seven-catch performance, had that touchdown, a couple of vertical balls on the sideline where he out-physicals both Christian Fulton and, uh, I was really mean to him, Roger McCreary, who just doesn't have the size to go head-to-head -head with T. Higgins out there. Mike, when you watched Higgins, it was another game where he's winning in a variety of ways. What did you see for the second straight week? So the last game I thought was more of the real variety of he's doing absolutely everything. This one felt a little bit more like a T Higgins game. You'll catch a couple short balls. You'll catch those long bombs. There still was a little bit more than I think people give him credit for. Cause that deep out that Burrow puts right on the money while he's mm -hmm. got a little bit of pressure. Um, that's a really good route. Cause he was actually bracketed on that play. They ran quarters. The number two goes out quick. So they have two guys staring right at Higgins and he just, gets on the toes of the corner who's supposed to cover him out and then breaks out and Burrow trusts him. He's got that ball out before he even makes the, the break and he makes the catch on the sideline, but that's, that's good route running. That's, that's good smarts with the wide receiver. And then he had the deep corner on the right sideline in between the safety and the corner, that honey hole and cover, cover two that Burrow was able to hit. So he had a few of those plays again, another game where T Higgins dominates and he didn't run or didn't catch a pass on a single dig route, which is the T Higgins route to me. So I think teams are sitting on it when he's the only guy there. And uh, he's still showing like, well, I, I don't need that. I could, I could win in other ways, similar to how Burrow and his number one guy, Jamar Chase is like, well, I could win in other ways. And he's throwing the ball to T and then he's spreading it around too. But yeah, T Higgins, another really great day. I think he's shown over the past two weeks. And I thought he looked good the two weeks before that, uh, that he is, a wide receiver one like he could start be the the guy on a lot of good offenses was he commanding the attention that the guy commands against the titans were they doubling him and going out of their way to make sure that that t higgins didn't beat them for big plays you know i don't think it's so it's not like jamar chase like <laughs> these nfl teams sometimes treat jamar chase like he's randy moss which i mean respect it, it's mm -hmm. given you know he, they're clouding him like every snap like they never have a play where unless the safety is either shaded or they have a safety over top of him they don't do that with t uh whatever reason i know he's had good seasons and he just he's had a good four game stretch especially the last two games uh since jamar chase has been injured but he's not getting that same level of coverage he's getting number one guys and you know they're giving him a little bit of respect but it's not the jamar chase we're gonna put two guys, a guy over the top and a guy underneath on you every single snap. Because, I mean, I think back to the Steelers game, there is one snap where they didn't even, they didn't even put a court. They, they left the, the safety on him. And of course he goes for like a 20 yard gain and burns them, but they left the safety on him. And man covered it was like, all right, that wasn't, that was kind of disrespectful for how good T Higgins is. There, there's disrespect all around for T Higgins. I got to say, considering how productive he has been, even when he and Jamar Chase are both out there, they're very similar in terms of overall production. He's been productive when Jamar has not been available. In this game itself, there's a 22-yard catch that we mentioned was a race by OPI, had another drop 
that is not a, a positive, but had he caught that ball, this it could have easily been a 150-plus game for T. Higgins. And the reason that I say disrespected elsewhere is because ESPN just put out a top 25 under 25 list, and T. Higgins is just an honorable mention, not in the top 25. But I guess neither is Trevor Lawrence, so that's kind of interesting. Man, maybe anyway, it's a Clem. Maybe it's a Clemson thing. Speaking of <laughs> joking, Clemson, joking. Really, really small side note before we get back to the Bengals. They have really good defensive tackles in the NFL right now. DJ Reader being one of them. I just went and looked today at Clemson players in the NFL: Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkins, uh, mm. Javon, Javon Hargrave, and DJ Reader. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a stable of defensive mm-hmm. tackles that Clemson has produced. Anyway, big tangent. was thinking about it because I was re- remembering DJ Reader telling me at the Super Bowl, talking about how they, the Bengals do all these different fronts that I need to go watch Brent Venable's defenses to learn about the complexity that DJ Reader was used to on defense. Anyway, let's get back to the Bengals, guys. Let's talk about Joe Burrow. Let's talk about this offensive line because I do think that despite the numbers not necessarily being gaudy for Joe Burrow, I do think that, again, he played really well. It was a little bit quiet again. There were some under-the-radar things, maybe some things that are easy to forget about that I thought uh, maybe we could we could revisit. And I think the offensive line played one of its better games in pass protection, and, and we're not really taking it back this time. So let's get to that offensive line, to those Joe Burrow notes coming up in a minute. Turo, though, sponsors this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Pronounced Taro. And it's the largest selection, largest car sharing marketplace in the world. With Tero, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. There's a huge selection of vehicles for any occasion in the U.S., the U.K., Canada, and Australia, whether it's an SUV or minivan to be practical for a family road trip or for something out into into nature to camp or a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday or an affordable economy car to get from point A to point B. Many tarot hosts will even deliver the vehicle right to you. That sounds incredibly convenient to me. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms and conditions and exclusions do apply. So forget boring rental cars and find your drive at tarot.com. This episode also brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. You need to find the block forever now podcast wherever you get your podcast block forever is a brand new podcast from former all pro ryan khalil on audible and khalil takes the conversation about football to the next level behind the scenes takes you on the grass inside the locker rooms team meetings and so much more from christian mccaffrey to juju smith schuster and i know He's not as popular here on this pod with Bengals fans. But the point is, is there's going to be stars on this podcast with Ryan Khalil. So make sure you check it out. It's available for free on Audible or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, it's the full Block Forever series. Again, Block Forever. It's the full series wherever you get your podcast. Available everywhere now. Audible. Get in the game. All right, guys. Let's get into Joe Burrow a little bit here. Burying the lead because Joe Burrow is the face, the star of the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think that his stat line betrays how well he played a little bit. And maybe, maybe you guys want to correct me here if you disagree. So Mike, as you unmute your mic, you can tell me what he was going to do it again. He was going to do it again too. I tried to unmute him and it wasn't going to work. He was going to try to talk with his mic muted. Go. It looked like he knew he gave me the thumbs up. He he was aware of the awareness. Mm -hmm. 
Matt, an upgrade on podcast awareness for Mike. Wow. This week, because he had the thumbs up ready to go. <laughs> so, uh, what did you see from Joe Burrow this week? I thought was playing within the structure of the offense really well, created outside of structure a few times, and, and that was very important at crucial moments. I thought managed the pocket pretty well again. What was your take? Yeah, uh, managed the pocket well, and also he got the better protection, like you mentioned. Only one sack. I thought going into that game, one of the keys is he can't take, you know, obviously can't take nine sacks, but I don't think you could take three, four, five sacks and kill your drives this way because you got to get as many drives as you can, get as many shots uh, as you can at this good defense. And then to go with that, this was one of the first games this season where he used his legs as a weapon, not just in terms of extending a play and making one huge play there, but a lot of scrambles. I remember he did this against Dallas, but I felt a little bit like he was sped up in that game. I didn't feel like he was sped up when he was doing it in this game. I felt like it was, I'm looking here, checking, checking. My first two reads are gone. I can't hold on to this ball and take a sack. So I'm going to look, I've got an opening here and just run. And he got, and the way the Titans were playing their coverage is with how fast they were flying to the flats, which they tried to, the Bengals tried to attack a lot and didn't work. So that guy's flying out fast. You got the middle guys worrying about the inside because they don't have much help over there. So there's openings. So he was able to take those and run. So I thought that was one of the more impressive parts. He played on time on schedule. He was pretty accurate and uh, I didn't see him miss too many throws. So yeah, this was, uh, I mean, it is kind of like the standard of what I expected of a Joe Burrow game, but that mm-hmm. standard is really, really good. Yeah. I, I think one, the fact that you don't turn the ball over at all. And I know that's like really low bar, but in, in that type of game against Tennessee, you're right. Whether it, whether it's take three sacks versus one or have one turnover that completely changes the game. And that's how Mike Vrabel and his team want to play fourth quarter, bro. We we talked about some of the throws to T Higgins. It seemed like not that he wasn't playing well beforehand, but he took it up another level and and made the throws to win the game. Were were those throws different? Did those throws pop more than than the other ones? Cause they, they certainly stand out more in my mind, maybe because it was winning time. I do think he he kind of took took rain and said like all right we're we're gonna finish this off and just started throwing dimes up and down the field. Not that he wasn't throwing dimes it, it early on. I think of the the pass to Hurst up the seam. The Hurst, mm-hmm. yes. Ooh, that was a really nice ball to get that over the linebacker in front of the safety and knock it as tight end killed. And then there was also on that uh, fake pick trail, whatever you want to call that, where boy goes out and then back in to get that over the defensive lineman and in front of the linebacker. So he had a few really nice layered balls. Uh, but yeah, late, late in the game, you know what was interesting was I think they like to attack the Titans' tendency too uh, and their own tendency of, well, when you think, what's called four minute offense. We're going to try to bleed out this clock so that the other team doesn't get a chance to hold the ball. You think, well, they're going to run mm-hmm. first down. They kept throwing. And I thought that was interesting because it's one, it shows a ton of trust in burrow. Not that they haven't shown that before, but it's just another sign. It's just like, yeah, they know this guy's good. So they're saying first down, throw the ball. Yeah. You'll complete it. I know that you're accurate and you're smart. And if you don't complete it, you're going to run. So keep that clock rolling. And then on second down is when they let P Ryan go and pick up that first down in short yardage. So they're keeping the chains moving, but they're picking up like eight yards on these first down uh, plays on this four minute drive. And I thought that's like really smart. That's it's the Tom Brady thing where like you could trust Tom Brady to throw the ball in four minute situations because you know, he's going to do the right thing. Um, They kind of do that with Joe Burrow. They're like, well, I, we don't just have to hand this ball off. We know Mm -hmm. that you're going to complete what? 80, 85% of these short passes, maybe more. 
So, yeah, they, they trusted him, and they attacked Tennessee by attacking what is a standard tendency to just run the ball early on on these four-minute drives. Yeah, and one thing that I want to talk about, because we've seen several good games in a row here from Joe Burrow, it's been a, a constant talking point for us the last few weeks, all of those weeks without Jamar Chase. Is there something more to it in terms of they're getting different looks they're getting looks that they like to throw against or is it that they've now got the answers for the two high stuff whether that's a running game whether that's going over the middle whether that's some other answer what, what did you think from from that perspective oh i think that the steelers and titans actually played pretty decent game plan and now some of the steelers stuff i hated like when i talked about they played man covers with a safety on t higgins i was like okay i don't know what you're doing here but like a lot of the stuff they're doing was like we're gonna actually put in effort to stop what the Bengals like to do what we think they like to do obviously the hands up at the quick game but then the titans they're running all those stunts. They're running all those creepers, everything that killed this team in the playoff game to give up nine sacks, to have a stifled offense besides a Jamar Chase smoke for 90 yards or whatever that was. And <laughs> 50 you know, plus, yeah. 50 plus, yeah. A couple big plays, and other than that, they were kind of stifled. So they run that, they ran that similar stuff. And the Bengals, A, had answers. I thought they had better answers in this game than they did in that Titans game in uh, 2021. But also, I just think that Joe Burrow is playing at a higher level than he was in the playoffs, even. like the, He was really good last year, but he's playing at an even higher level now because he's playing a little bit more within the system of the offense mm -hmm. while still being not like a system quarterback, whatever that negative connotation. It's kind of like a derogatory. Shanahan, Shanahan offense. That's, <laughs> that's what people mean when they talk about creative system <laughs> offenses. Anyway. Yeah, Zach Taylor is not uh, designing up the under center play action that uh, not not that he can't do it. He He's run weak. Like it's not like it's not there, but that's not where this offense is at its best. But anyway, yeah, he's playing within the system of the offense. He's playing uh, really on time. I think that's something that he didn't always do last season. So there's some stuff in there that's like, yeah, Zach Taylor's scheming up a lot of stuff. I think of that Joe Mixon dig route that nobody saw coming and some of the mm -hmm. you know fun stuff like that. But they're also they're not so reliant on go balls anymore like they were in 2021. It's just mm -hmm. to me a better offense. It's more well constructed, and I think this really happened almost a little bit like the end of the Saints game. I felt like it started coming together like that. But I really do think that the chase injury kind of also bled into it, where it's like we don't have that crutch. You don't have the sheet in front of you to tell you what's going to happen. Or like I, I can't just throw this ball to Chase and he's going to go make something happen. I have to now get something going like actually attacking the defense, putting them in conflict and all these other issues. So it's not just isolation anymore. It's actually working the defenders horizontally and vertically. And I think this is a better constructed offense than we've seen from Zach Taylor. And uh, I don't think that the Titans were giving him all these good looks or anything. They, they played some cover three, they played some single high, but it was usually coming from too high and they'd sit a guy in like the dig window because they know what the Bengals like to do. Offensive line wise. Where is your confidence level? How well do you think they performed as a unit on Sunday against the Titans? Good. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons, zero quarterback hits, zero sacks. They gave up one sack. But uh, overall, man, Jonah Clamps, Mud Dupree, the interior does a pretty solid job. I know they didn't have the Nico Autry, who is their – he is the force multiplier on that defense mm -hmm, uh, yeah. to me. He's the guy – he's going to set up everybody and make them look better than they are, and they didn't have him, so – you know, you get a little bit banged up Titans defense, but 
they still got Jeffrey Simmons. They still got Bud Dupree. They still got a, a head coach, a defensive coordinator that's generated pressure from all these creepers and stuff. And offensive line, what stood out to me the most, I think, was the communication. You think of all those stunts that killed them in that divisional round. None of them really worked. They were going at that a ton. Three-man stunts, two-man stunts, mirrored stunts, all these different things. And every time Bengals are picking it up, including P Ryan getting in there and picking his up too. Yeah, so, baby. <laughs> great pass protector, that guy. So uh yeah, I, I thought what stood out to me was the Bengals communication and smarts along the offensive line. Not that they didn't do well physically, they did well there, but it was like the Titans came out with that 2021 game plan to me and it didn't work because the Bengals offensive line's better and Joe Burrow's better. Up next, let's talk defense and how they shut down Derrick Henry. Put the clamps on Derrick Henry. Let's use Sansa's term. But today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. Heck, maybe the Bengals used LinkedIn Jobs when they found Tyron Johnson and, and added him to the practice squad. All you saw was 434 speed on his LinkedIn resume. But when it comes to LinkedIn, small businesses out there, you're looking for the right candidates. And that's why you have a series of questions like, what's your 40 speed? And Tyron Johnson puts in 434, boom, hired. Hopefully he can make uh, at least some catches in practice for the Bengals. The point is small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So check out LinkedIn jobs right now to help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Defense? All right. <laughs> Let's do defense. Uh, I think it was a great game for the defense. And you could say that about a whole lot of guys. It was Impressed with DJ Reader. I thought the corners collectively played pretty well. I was impressed with the linebackers. Mike, you've spent a lot of time, of course, watching this defense. Uh, you, you got a great cut up on Twitter of the Bengals. I think you use the word dominating the Titans running game. So what, what are the big takeaways for you when you watch this defense this week? And is, is this just a, a good matchup for the Bengals because of the way the Titans like to run offense through Derrick Henry? Uh, is it a good matchup? You think of the Browns, they, they're able to run sometimes on the Spangles defense. So I think they stepped up too. Like it wasn't just like Lou Anarumo knows how to stop this run game and they, you know, this plays right into their strengths. It kind of does. Cam Taylor Britt, he's, he's a run, he's a run defender and Eli Apple, he made a solo tackle on Derrick Henry. I don't think anybody's really mentioned and Mike Hilton. Oh my goodness. Making those tackles on Derrick Henry. Ooh. So, yeah, you, you've got, like, very physical corners, and uh, Von Bell's a physical safety, and even Jesse Bates was getting in there and making some stops. He made the stop on the DJ Reader play where Reader forces that double team back into Henry, and he, uh, you know, he was getting down and dirty too. So you got the entire defense playing strong run defense here 
all 11 hats to the football, all this, you know, high school football stuff where it's like, we want everybody running that football. Well, you need to do that against Derrick Henry because if he just falls down, he's gaining two yards. So they need to drive him backwards, not allow him to fall forward. I was just uh, an inspiring effort. Like they dominated the Titans offensive line. And then not just that, but then they just took it to Henry early and often too. just, hitting him low, hitting him high, gang tackling. Like, there were solo tackles, but I'm just reminded. I think the play that sticks out to me the most is I think Mike Hilton and oh – man, I can't remember. It might have been B.J. Hill. Both have Derrick Henry. But here comes Cam Taylor Britt to make sure he doesn't fall forward. And you heard that crack on the broadcast. Like, they were putting some big licks on this guy. And that's why he went for 2.2 yards of carry, which is even less than he did in the divisional round when he had the injured foot. So – yeah, it's DJ Reader playing up to where we expect. It's, you know, all these guys playing well, but it's above and beyond that. It's just – it seemed like such a high-effort game from them to stop the run game, even in the fourth quarter where Derrick Henry's going to make his money and he's going to run down your throat because you're tired of tackling that 250-pound man. They weren't tired of it. They kept hitting him, and I think he got tired of getting hit by the Bengals. Which is rare, right, to, to get him tired versus the, the other way around. Uh Defense, obviously much different with DJ Reader, safe to say. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you just can trust that guy to do so much. There's there's just the quintessential two reader plays in this game, both mm-hmm. highlights to me. <laughs> One got highlighted by Charles Davis on the broadcast that they had a double team on him, and he just takes both guys and he just drives them back into Derrick Henry in the backfield. I was just like, that's just DJ Reader. That's just there's not there's not there's like a handful of guys that can do that in the NFL at nose tackle. And then the other one is they tried to solo block him with uh, their backup center Aaron Brewer, and he just treated him like a blocking stud. Like he, he he's over on the left watching him, and Derrick Henry's like, well, I guess I'll go the other way, and he just runs, <laughs> just turns over. Now he's in the other one, two gap in the center until they left a guy unblocked because they figured Henry would Henry would hit that faster and. Reader held him up so long that Trey Hendrickson gets to put a shot on him when he's unblocked. I mean, yeah, that's an easy tackle for Hendrickson, but made simple because Reader is just clogging up the entire middle and treating another professional athlete like a blocking slug. There was a lot of that from Reader in this game, I thought. And I thought he, he also showed off some impressive veteran savvy or awareness or intelligence, football IQ, whatever you want to call it. The, the Titans kept running stick flat or variations thereof early in the game to Cam Taylor Britt's side of the field. And I think at least one, if not two, of DJ Veter's batted passes came on quick throws underneath it to, to the stick that would have gone over his head. And so I thought that was good awareness on his part to understand what was happening and, and get into those passing lanes as well. I thought he was pretty solid as a pass rusher as well. Didn't necessarily get a sack, but was pushing the pocket, was compressing the pocket, was making things uncomfortable for Ryan Tannehill on a few occasions, including on some of the zero looks. And I do want to talk a little bit about how the corners played. I think that they have a big test, obviously, coming up, right? And so talking about those corners is is an aspect of things that we should get into. But I also want to talk about Lou Anarumo's schematic approach this week. I thought was really interesting. A lot of zero looks on third down that they mostly dropped out of. If I'm not mistaken, I think they came once on a, on a blitz Hill, late in the game, right through the A gap on that. Right, one. yeah. What was that? Uh, was that, that was in the first throughout half. the game? <laughs> what was that? I couldn't hear you. I, I was just wondering if that was consistent throughout the game. What 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 did you see from the third down approach? Was it a lot of zero looks? Because I thought there was a lot of that. 
Yeah, a lot of pressure looks, a lot of disguise, just a lot of we're going to try to muddy up this picture for Ryan Tannehill, get him to hold the ball an extra tick so that we can get home on the pressure. And then they dropped out so much. That's why Dax Hill came free, because they stopped treating it like they were really giving that pressure look. And they said, all right, well, if you're just going to keep dropping out, then we're going to do this. And when they when they ran, I think it was like a half slide. So center was going to go to the right, and then the guard actually ends up blocking to his left, and they don't have the running back on Dax Hill. It's like, oh, shoot, we got a 4-3 athlete running right down the pipe on a straight line to Derek, or to, Derek, to uh, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, that's just – you can't draw it up better. So yeah, they didn't even get a sack on that. Tannehill got the ball out. But, yeah, that just goes to show you it's like Lou Anarumo, Yeah, I don't know. His game plan seemed to be let's muddy up the picture, let's disguise and let's do this, and let's show, the, let's show blitz but let's not bring it until we need to. And then when they finally needed to, they brought it and – it worked out really well. I thought they brought some run blitzes, but that was early on, early rundown stuff. Like there was one reader goes left from a head up nose tackle position. Logan Wilson is coming off to his right and the center falls down on his face because he thinks he's supposed to block reader. And it's just a free tackle for Wilson. So I thought they had some interesting run blitzes. But then, yeah, in the passing game, they didn't blitz so much as they just kind of showed that pressure and wanted to see how the Titans responded and to get to Ryan Daniel to hold on to the ball longer. Let's get to the corners. Because you mentioned Cam Taylor Britt, how physical he is. We've talked about his tackling uh, a couple of times on this podcast. Obviously, the hustle play to force the fumble didn't work out for him as Traylon Burks recovered it. Also gave up the long play to Traylon Burks. First, what did you think of Cam Taylor Britt, Eli Apple, and the rest of this cornerback room? Good game, in my opinion. I know he got dunked on, and it's not the first time Cam Taylor Britt's been dunked on, sadly, already. Uh, I think a Terrace Marshall got him, too. So uh, <laughs> I, he's got to be able to play through the ball better, but yeah. he's also giving up quite a few inches on these giant uh, receivers. So maybe you just, maybe when he's soloed up like that, you know, maybe just tell the safety, watch that. <laughs> Give him yeah, a little don't, help. Don't come up on the dig. It was like yeah. a whip dig, too, on that play. It was a little weird. Continuously. Yeah, they, they like sat they uh had something sit over the middle of the field jesse bates jumps down um i think it was like a covered one jump call so they wanted him to jump that because ryan Tillman likes to take that intermediate stuff but still uh you need kim taylor britt to also play that better just play through the hands and not be in a position he's in okay position he just he needs to be able to get his hand up there and break that ball up otherwise they're probably going to keep going at him like that i thought eli apple played really well uh he had a few plays past breakups i don't think he gave up much other than like access stuff that you have to charge to somebody if you're like charting for pff or whatever like a five yard out route and cover three yeah you're gonna charge that to eli apple i guess but he's playing deep third so it's not like he's supposed to be taking that away so i thought he played really well and then mike hilton obviously as a run defender was incredible and just what a game from that guy i i He's he earned a neck roll. The first player to wear number twenty-one in the twenty-first century to earn a neck roll. The first corner of the twenty-first century to wear a neck roll. That's <laughs> the implication. First, since, first defensive what, back. Rondé Barber, Antoine Winfield, one of those guys. First in the twenty twenties to earn his neck. Yeah, roll. I guess that was the twentieth century. Twentieth <laughs> century has been around for a while now. Uh, <laughs> last thing, real quick. Obviously, the Chiefs coming up. Looking ahead to this matchup, a, a polar opposite. From a from a offense perspective, what's your confidence level with these corners right now? They just had a good game. Obviously, a very different beast in Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Does this boost your confidence at all, or is this a week to week? We'll see what we get with Kansas City. 
it's slightly boosted, but this is the test, right? Because this played into if any, if it played into anybody's strengths, I felt like this game played into Mike Hilton and Cam Taylor Britt's strengths as run defenders and guys who love to hit. So this next game is the one that's like, all right, so let's see how you can cover. Let's see how you can do against 50 pass attempts from well, probably the best quarterback in the league. Let's see how you can handle that. And then if they can handle that, then I have a lot of confidence about them heading into Buffalo other than maybe taking on Diggs man-to-man, but just like taking on guys, you know, like mm-hmm. a Gabe Davis. I don't think that the Chiefs guys are that much worse than like a Gabe Davis. So can they handle Gabe Davis one-on-one if they're going to double Diggs? I don't know. Let's see what that happens in this Chiefs game. Because this is the first time I think they're going to play an explosive passing offense without Shido Bewuzier. So let's let's just let, – I'm week to week there, but I do have mm-hmm. confidence if anybody wants to try to run at these corners, do the Alex Gibbs says, I make those guys tackle, I have supreme confidence these guys are going to tackle. Yeah, which really outside of the Bills and Chiefs is really beneficial because a lot of these teams, you know, the Browns are going to want to run it. The Ravens are going to want to run it. A lot of these teams that you're going to face over the next few weeks, even the Buccaneers have ran it more recently. But, uh, yeah, it'll be a nice test a test against the Chiefs. I can't wait to dive into that, Jake. Yeah, Spangles and Chiefs, round three. It's coming tomorrow. We just finished round three with the Titans for Joe Burrow's career. And so we've got round three in the last two years, this year, last year, with the Chiefs, of course. Going to be interesting. I think that if these corners continue to play the run well, the, the big bonus there, especially with DJ Reader back, is they won't have to dedicate as many resources to the run against some of these pass-heavy teams. They did it against the Titans. And Zach Taylor referenced this after the game. He even said, yeah, when you put that much towards stopping the run, you're going to give up a little in the passing game. We're okay with that. But when you have corners that are playing the run this well, then maybe that buys you a little bit of leeway in terms of resources you dedicate against the Bengals' future opponents. And, and run defense will still be important in some of these games for sure, especially Baltimore potentially in, in week 18, right? Yep. 18, 18 weeks. Um, but the the ability to just keep more guys in coverage should be very beneficial. And we saw it be a huge benefit to the Bengals last year. We'll see what the Chiefs counter punches this year. We'll see if the Bengals can reprise the three points in the second half they did to the Chiefs twice last year, which I thought was frankly impossible. And then they went out and did it. Well, we'll get into that matchup tomorrow's crossover Thursday is coming. And then we've got our game preview as the week continues here on Locked on Bengals. That's going to do it for this episode. That was our film takeaways from the Tennessee Bengals game, Tennessee Titans, Cincinnati Bengals game in week 12. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to the Locked on Bengals podcast. Hootay. And have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.